Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, we have our first full weekend of college football coming up, but uh, before we get into all the games, quick couple announcements. The first one, our ESPN uh, Pick'em League has been set up again, so you can find that in the description below. You can also find in the description a link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash collegefootballbros. We would really appreciate uh, all of your support. That's the, the best way to keep the podcast going and, and help support us. It gets you, well, this year there's something new that it gets you. So, of course, you, you may be watching this full podcast episode on YouTube right now, but starting in week two, that's going to be a benefit just for the patrons. So we'll have those full video episodes on patreon um we've got a couple other benefits ryan yeah we have one we just we just do bonus episodes just for the patrons um and you know like for examples we have a bunch of them that are kind of evergreen that just really never go bad so you can kind of listen to them even if we did them a year ago or so and you know we, we did one that was like a we do a lot of trivia episodes so the, on those um so there was one we did it was a who wants to be a millionaire trivia episode with a actual patron of patreon member of ours um, you know, we, we'd rank kind of uniform, some of the best and worst of the logos, mascots. We drafted, uh, like the perfect fast food restaurant, at least in our eyes, you know, who's got the best fries, drinks, desserts, trays going for Culver's on everything. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, stuff like that. So it's bonus episodes are cool. Indeed. And then we also have a discord channel that we, um, we kind of, it's not just during the season. The entire year, we're shooting the breeze. So people we get into, obviously, during the season, every Saturday is just chock full of constant action. Like, we are, even if you're not watching a game, someone else is, they're chiming in about it. Like, you're getting real-time uh, interaction on on big plays. It, it's it's a lot of fun. And then throughout the week, there's banter, kind of look betting previews that we do, and then even, like, come basketball season march madness we all get into it and then so there's always news and we're always uh it's become a good group of group of friends for all of us yeah for sure we're talking about doing a meetup someday we'll see when that happens but it vegas. definitely will vegas, vegas yeah we have to do vegas sweet. yeah we gotta um, do so anyway you get all that for five dollars a month so again in the description we'd appreciate that uh but enough about us let's uh well let's first let's talk about week zero it was you know just a few games but uh some worth mentioning. So Trey, what was what was your takeaway from week zero? So I'm at least intrigued now by Notre Dame. Um, yeah. Now I know Navy proved to be kind of yeah. inept most of the game and they're not supposed to be good in their transition year away from Ken Niamatololo, but the Irish dominated. Uh, you know, I'll admit I was being cautious about Sam Hartman in the offseason, maybe even a tad skeptical uh, as he trans- transitioned to a new offense, but he was very impressive in this one, at least 19 to 23, four touchdowns. You know, he's not going to be lining up against a, a weak Navy opponent every week, but I'd at least be encouraged, um, especially since they have another week to gel as they play an FCS team before kind of getting into the, the meat of the schedule. Yeah, that was a very encouraging performance from Notre Dame. I wish that USC had looked that good um, against San Jose State. And really, I mean, the offense, although the offensive line, I think, kind of is maybe more of a worry than I thought going into the year, uh, just judging by this game. Um, But primarily, of course, the problem is the defense. It played poorly again. And, you know, I don't want to overreact to one game because there were flashes from players, especially on the D-line, some of the transfers that you can tell the talent. Bear. It's had some nice better. moments. Yeah, Bear Alexander, um, Anthony Lucas, but 
but the, it, it played poorly. Like it, yeah. it, the defense did not play well. Gave up twenty eight points. Um, you know, I think that third and twenty two has has made the rounds on Twitter that that USC <laughs> yeah, came up. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's concerning because it looks like last year in terms of the the production. But I'm still I'm not waving the white flag like i still think there's hope that this defense gets significantly better i mean if they can keep teams under 30 they're not gonna lose so okay but it's san jose state you know i know i know know chevy cordero is pretty good yeah san jose don't underestimate their offense they're not that they're okay that's but i know uh, know, you're gonna play washington and oregon and usc is pretty good their offense is pretty good no yeah it's uh I don't know. Can the can the defense just be slightly better than last year? That's all it is. We you know you guys struggled pretty badly in some non conference games last year. Teams moving the ball on you, so maybe this was slightly better because you actually saw some pretty darn good you know defensive line play here a little bit. Like Bear Alexander had great moments, Lucas. So I don't know. I think maybe just a little bit more time to gel. I think they'll get better. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, uh, man. A couple other games. Uh, the Ohio San Diego State game kind of stunk just because Curtis work went down so early in that game and the backup uh, Harris came in and threw three picks. So, you know, if Rourke is in that game, the full game, Ohio probably wins. Um, or at least it's, I don't, it would have been, yeah. yeah, it would have been interesting, but you know, I mean, San Diego state might've pushed it a little bit more on offense too, but work eh, was the better QB of course. Uh, so that was, that was kind of disappointing, but in, in, he's fine. Apparently he's going to play the next game there. So he was kind of, Rourke said he was really upset that he didn't let him go back in, but um, uh, Vandy, still Vandy. They barely beat Hawaii. Well, back to the San Diego State play. Everyone had to okay. have seen the the football. There, the the quarterback throw it at the ref's face. That was pretty <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and Ouch. Ryan, Hawaii, Vandy. I, I I've been thinking about this. Like, is it more encouraging for Hawaii or more discouraging for Vandy? I mean, like, maybe Hawaii is not as bad as they were. <laughs> no, Hawaii is better. They are. Shager, the quarterback, he he he, he threw, had some nice balls. Like he, he, yeah, looked, he did. He was pretty solid. But you know, Vanderbilt just couldn't stop him. Like yeah, that's not, not good. And they had a, and Vanderbilt also had a ninety-seven yard kick return touchdown, and they still only won by seven. You know, so it's like, what if they didn't have that? So it was a pretty evenly played game. So I think it's pretty. I think it's more discouraging for Vanderbilt, honestly, because I this was like this was the third year. You know, uh, for Clark Lee, and they got better after the into the second year. Like, what did they win? Five games, right? Yeah. So this this was like, okay, maybe we can make a bowl game, and nah, maybe they still can. But you know, if it doesn't work out this year, and they go backwards, it, Clark Lee's done. Oh, okay. I mean, it's Vanderbilt, though. Like, let's. I'm, but I I know it's a impossible task. But like, could he get to? All you have to do is try to get to six, and I know that's not easy. But you have four non conference games, <laughs> like. You know, I know, but it's like Vanderbilt hasn't made a lot of bowl games lately. So all I'm saying is they easily handled Hawaii last year. No, it's and not. They a didn't good sign. this year. They should have been much better, and they didn't prove it. So that's Agreed. that's yeah. I got to bring up one player though before we move on to week one. Uh, Zachariah Branch, the true freshman receiver for yeah, USC. unbelievable. Just immediately, that guy seems <laughs> like he seems like he is going to be great. I mean, I'm going to overreact to to one game there. He was yeah. incredible. Yeah, I guess good. Um, okay. All right. Let's get into week one. We're going to start uh, on Thursday, and we've got, you know, one of the best games of the weekend, Florida yeah. at Utah. Utah is favored four and a half, Ryan. That number, of course, has come way down. 
Yeah, well, you know, uh, it started to come down a little bit, you know, the last kind of few weeks. Um, and then I, people were getting maybe some inside info or whatever. But now the uh, news is pretty much out. Cam Rising likely not going to play in this game, which is why the spread keeps dropping lower and lower. Um, so, yeah, what, four and a half, you said? It's too bad for for Rising. You know, he kind of thought he was tracking to yeah. be ready to go. But you're just so used to guys coming back from knee injuries yeah no matter no matter how short the amount of time is so yeah it yeah is it's disappointing well, he did in january so that's it would have been a quick pretty relatively quick turnaround but yeah yeah that's tough so it looks like bryson barnes um he'll be the guy for for utah now and you know we we've seen him uh we saw him last year we saw him in the rose bowl and uh, he's okay he, he did he, he did fine against a tough penn state defense he played pretty well uh and and, and another game last year against wazoo he, he played well so I think he's a decent, capable backup. Um, so I don't think it's going to be, you know, impossible or too hard for Utah to overcome that. But especially with Utah's really good defense, good defensive line, I think they're going to stop the run. And Utah's able to run the ball. So I think they're going to lean on that. So uh, with with all those things, I know, you know, there's a lot kind of just we I mentioned on Utah there, but I'm going to stick with them. I think they're going to pull this one out and cover four and a half. I'm with you. I'm going to take the Utes also. They um, you know, they want some revenge from last year's tough loss in Gainesville and and I think if kind of to your point, the Utes are kind of built for a scenario where if their quarterback goes down, they they can still be okay with that defense and then the running back duo that they have is is awesome. And and on the other side, I'm in, in wait and see mode with Graham Mertz for yeah. Florida. Like what can he do on the road in a tough environment? Um, and you know Napier as he turned the corner around in in uh, year two, uh, the one tidbit that is crazy though is this is Florida's first true non-conference road game outside of Florida since 1991. They played Syracuse. Like that's that, that is, is unbelievable. That's that is absolutely dumb. insane. <laughs> that, so is, that is wild. Yeah. Well, how do you go 30 years? Though? That's just nuts. Crazy. We're we're going three for three here for for Utah. I'm laying the points. I mean, I've been a big N- Billy Napier fan, so there is some chance that he just surprises here in year two and and yeah. Florida makes a jump forward. What's that? Yeah, I said yeah, but Graham Mertz. Oh, <laughs> I know, but exactly. I don't have confidence in Graham like, Mertz. Come like on. That, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't have confidence in Florida's offensive line as well. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and and the defense. In this game, the defense wasn't that great last year. Like I don't. Yeah, in in this game, um, it's supposed to I think be like rainy and a little bit windy. So, like Trey said, Utah anyway is kind of built to maybe they can deal with you know not yeah. having an elite passer in weather conditions like that. Maybe it even makes the the diminished passing game even even less of a of a factor there. So yeah, laying yeah. the points. All right, let's move on here. Get into a game we all care a lot about: Nebraska at Minnesota. This is played on Thursday on fox where apparently san diego doesn't get fox so get fox there's <laughs> some so yeah some providers some providers don't get fox which happens to be the one we have um got to sign up for fubo all right uh minnesota's favorite seven if i didn't say that already um and looking into this season for nebraska and honestly minnesota too i just seven points seems like too little to me um maybe i'm missing something here but i just i don't see how this nebraska team is going to be very good at all. Like the offense is likely going to be pretty bad. Uh, terrible group of receivers. One one of our starting receivers just quit the team like a few weeks ago. Uh, arguably one of the worst offensive lines in Power Five football last year, and all of them come back. But it's like 
they're not going to be very good. Um, average running backs, quarterback, and Jeff Sims, Georgia Tech transfer. That was very average for a few years. The running backs are decent, but yeah, everything else you've said is you know very they're accurate. average. They're not amazing, but they're they're uh, the running backs are okay. They're, that's not going to be the main problem. But um, so the only position that I think is above average is it could be tight end. Where Thomas Fedoni could the Nebraska tight end could be pretty good, but defense can be all right. But I don't know. They're not going to be amazing. They don't have any playmakers. So I don't know. I just think Minnesota established culture established program big up front on the lines they know what they're doing um i just i'm not convinced nebraska can go in in their first game under rule who's proven he doesn't try to like to win on his first year and just go and really truly compete like toe-to-toe with minnesota i'm not seeing it yet okay not not locking it in though i was i was sensing a lock there yeah Yeah. (sighs) not rowing the boat completely yeah you know yeah all right. Don't want to be too so negative. Let, let's move to uh, Friday with a squad that Ryan and Michael are very bullish yes. on, just because they love their the coach. That's Louisville uh, and Jeff Brom. They're they're favored seven and a half against Georgia Tech in Atlanta. New era for both programs. Brent Key for Georgia Tech. He got the interim label removed uh, this year, and and now he's going to be starting a new quarterback after they lost Jeff Sims to Nebraska. Uh, but transfer Haynes King comes for from Texas A and M. He still has a lot to prove. Uh, seven touchdowns, six picks a year ago. So I'm going to take Louisville with with Brom now. Um, it's not really just because of the offense of his, we, you know, with Plummer that's familiar with his system, but it's actually more their defense. Um, they're supposed to have a solid D. They should be able to, I think, stymie the Yellow Jacket offense with what looks to like, be like a pretty solid defensive line for uh, the Cardinals that could get into the backfield. So I'm taking Louisville. All right, let's get to Saturday, and we'll start with big noon kickoff. I guess we can't watch it here in San Diego, but uh, Colorado <laughs> at TCU. Uh, TCU's favored 20 and a half in, you know, of course, the bigger story here, Dion's debut at the FBS level. Yeah, game one for him. Crazy. Um, we'll finally kind of get to see the what this experiment's going to look like uh, with what? They got like 80 new players on the team this year, something like that. Something like that. Um, some of them just came to the program within like the last month or so. Uh, so I don't know. I just have a hard time believing that that team can be com- can truly be competitive um, both lines aren't aren't supposed to be very good. Um, can't be a lot of quality depth, no cohesion. Um, so I, I like TCU here. I, I think Sonny Dykes has he's been pretty positive about what he's got coming back. Uh, he really likes his receiving group, the offense. He's you can tell he, he's he's excited about it. And um, the defense, you know, is obviously pretty solid. Last year they got seven starters back. It seems to like what they got going on back there too. So. I like Colorado, and I'm actually going to make Colorado my lock. No, I mean, sorry, mean I like TCU. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't Whoa. like Colorado. No. Yeah, yeah TCU is going to be my lock. All right, yeah, I want to. I want to see Dion just prove it to me first. Uh, and I'm not even like overly high on TCU, but I do like their schedule, yeah. and I like them in this spot here. Uh, just too much new for for the Buffs, um, you know. And I also want to see Shadur Sanders. Like, you know, even if he can hold his own. I want to see him against FBS competition. So, you know, even if he does, you know, hold do pretty well, can the defense of theirs make any stops, especially against TCU with Chandler Morris, who, uh, you know, obviously he won the job last year um, before getting hurt. Uh, And, you know, I just, I like their linebacking linebacker, Johnny Hodges, one of the old school guys that has a neck roll. Um, They got, 
he was a Big 12 newcomer of the year last year, uh, led the team in tackles. I think he'll have a huge game against the Buffs. So I'm going TCU as well. All right. I I don't have a lot of confidence in Colorado this year. Of course, I'm you know thinking they go three and nine or something like that. But some of my lack of confidence in them is the depth issues that they're going to have. But game one, they're you know probably as healthy as they're going to be. And I do like the hire of Sean Lewis at offensive coordinator. I, I think the offense has a chance to be okay. So I think maybe they can can hang in there in this game. And I'm going to pick Colorado to to cover the spread. All right. Well, let's move on to a game I'm looking forward to. We've got uh, Boise State at Washington. Uh, Huskies are favored 14 right now. Um, this Boise team, man, they won 10 games last year. Um, they got a lot coming back, and it's going to be Andy Avalos's third year as the head coach. And I don't know. It seems to me like he's really kind of settled in as the coach there. He kind of got off to a, a rocky start. It wasn't like you know, the, the one of the favorite sons was coming home, but it didn't actually end up working out all that well to begin with. But you know, he's, he finished strong last year. He went 8-0 in the Mountain West. Um, lost the title game, but that's okay. Uh, but I think this team is going to be really good, especially running the ball. George Halani is back. He ran for about 1,200 yards last year. Ashton Ginty, he's back. He ran for about 800. Taylor Green, the quarterback, he ran for about 600 himself. So just between those guys, that's like 2,600 rushing yards coming back. I mean, that's a lot. So they're going to run well north of 200 a game on the ground. Um, and the defense is looking really good too. So, you know, Washington, obviously high on them. I like them. Not sure the defense is going to be all that great. Um, and they did lose a starting running back Cam Davis, uh, to an injury. So I don't know. I like Boise. I think they can run the ball, keep Washington's offense off the field. Defense can compete a little bit with the, the good high flying Washington offense, but yeah, I'm going to take Boise plus the points. All right, moving on. We've got where game day will be in Charlotte. North Carolina is favored two and a half against South Carolina. Yeah, and that made us one for one on our game day prediction. <laughs> Thank you episode. very much. Ryan, yeah. yeah, Ryan took this game. I was like, you sure they're not going to go see Dion? But <laughs> you were right, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Good start. Yep. So uh, I am on the record with South Carolina being my disappointing team in the SEC this year. Uh, still not sure you know, which Spencer Rattler to expect. And, you know, and I don't love the hire uh, at offensive coordinator for, for South Carolina. Now this North Carolina defense is a pretty favorable one to go up against. So if he doesn't have success here, then that's, you know, there's big problems there. I'm I'm sure he'll, he'll get some against uh, Carolina, but I also have concerns with South South Carolina's defense in particular, the front seven. I'm not sure they did enough to address that. So I think Carolina could put up a ton of points. Give me Drake May and North Carolina as my lock. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of see this as, you know, both teams' defense struggle. The defense are probably on parish in my eyes. Um, so it comes down to whose offense is a little better. And uh, Drake May is just a better quarterback than, than Spencer Rattler to me. Uh, that's really all it is. Um, South Carolina lost some key players to transfer in the offseason. So that doesn't have me too excited about them either. So. Yeah, I'm going with Michael. I'm taking North Man, Carolina. If North Carolina's defense is as good as South Carolina, I think. Drake I think would North thrilled. Carolina is going to be <laughs> a little be better. A, that would be quite an improvement. All right, Michael, we got we got we got dueling locks. I'm going to take oh. South Carolina as my lock. I All right. I don't Ooh. and I don't I don't love the Gamecocks. Um, so I'm I just I'm going to take a chance. Say that the Spencer Rattler we saw towards the end of the year kind of shows up in this game against a below average defense. Cause I'm just not super high on Gene Chizik's North Carolina defense. Like yeah. they lost Tony Grimes at corner. 
Um, they didn't seem to really improve on that side. We'll see. I mean, maybe they do. Uh, just I'm going to improve it mode. And then Drake May has a new offensive coordinator. Um, I love Drake May. Like, it's not like he's going to yeah. suck this year or anything, but just there's going to be, it looks like there's going to be a lot of points over under 64 and a half. Maybe they get in a little duel. So I'll take the two and a half and go with the Gamecocks. Okay. Uh, Sunday, we have the game of the weekend. We've got oh, yeah. LSU minus two and a half against Florida State being played in Orlando, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, all right, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah. Well, uh, no Mason Smith for uh, LSU, big D tackle. He is stupidly suspended from this game by the NCAA. Um, although apparently he was actually dealing with an ankle injury too. So he might not have actually played anyways, even if he wasn't suspended. Um, also they have a running back that was suspended, but not that big of a deal. John Emery, he's not even like, maybe not even a top two running back, but anyways, um, uh, yeah, this game's been looking forward to it for a long time. And I've been high on LSU this off season. I just, you know, the team that won the sec West last year has a ton of returning talent coming back, um, including the quarterback, Jaden Daniels. And for me, I'm kind of looking for, you know, LSU's defense to maybe take that next step to a big time defense that's just like smothers you and is all over the place um because if with that impaired with Jaden daniels and his running ability that's going to be hard to stop so i'm gonna i'm gonna take ls lsu i think they're gonna get a little revenge on florida state from last year yeah that that, that game was bonkers last it year in, in new orleans and all offseason i kind of thought i would like the Knowles here um, given the total amount of returning production and some of the impressive transfers they brought in. Yeah. And then you mentioned like with Mason Smith out for LSU, but seeing that LSU still favored, you know, almost a field goal in a game that's in Orlando after all of that, I'm going to take the Tigers. Um, I, they do want some revenge. I think, I think LSU is going to improve more this year than, than the Seminoles. I like Brian Kelly to maybe out, out scheme here. Jalen, Jalen Daniels is awesome. Developed a great connection with Malik neighbors on the outside. Uh, linebacker Harold Perkins is one of my favorite players in college football because um, the defense was, you know, maybe a, a slight liability last year. I think it's going to be more of a strength this year. Um, they also added Omar Spates at linebacker from Oregon yeah. State. So I think they're pretty solid there. So I'm taking LSU. All right. This is this is a very tough game to pick. This is one of those games where if anyone's getting points, that's probably the team I'm, I'm going to take. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to take because I like I like both of these teams. I think yeah, yeah, really good. I do too. I'll just take two and a half with Florida State. Maybe we get a crazy game like last year where it just comes down yeah. to the final play and one point. I'll be happy to have those points. Um, and I just I like the matchup of Florida State's new receiving core up against LSU's secondary because with, with Florida State you got uh, Johnny Wilson, of course, six seven beast. You got um Keon some, Coleman some tra- Keon, yeah, yeah Keon Coleman transfer from Michigan State you got the the tight end transfer Jaheim Bell from South Carolina I think he could be yeah. maybe utilized better um in, in this offense and and LSU secondary especially at corner like they've you know they, there's so much turnover there they were kind of hoping with the Denver Harris transfer uh that he would be the guy for them that doesn't seem to be at least so far working out at all um and then You've got they're they're going to be playing a true freshman probably there uh, a decent amount of snaps it, it looks like a um, couple transfers will will be the starters so it's just it's a lot of new there and a lot of we'll see um, so up against this receiving core that that could be could be a question mark yeah, yeah. front seven like, looks pretty good. I like the Nulls they're good too yeah but no Mason Smith so yeah it's true he missed okay. some time last year 
Yeah, true. All right. Yeah. So that was <laughs> that was Sunday night. On Monday night, Labor Day, we've got Clemson is favored 13 at Duke. And I'm really looking forward to see what Cade Klubnick and the Tiger offense is going to look like now. It's with, a good uh, first game for Clemson to like give us a clue, you know, because Duke's yeah, solid, with, but they're not with great. With Garrett either. Riley, yeah. enough to coordinate, you know, is it going to click day one? We'll see. The Tigers, you know, they need to have a receiver breakout because that was kind of their, their, the big, that's the big unknown at this point. Um, the defense should be really strong again. Uh, slightly unproven as they have to replace a couple key guys uh, in that front seven. But um, I'm not picking an upset, but I am going to take Duke for the the cover. Mike Elko did an amazing job uh, in year one, getting nine wins. Kind of needs to maybe validate that now. Riley Leonard's one of the more the most you know productive quarterbacks out there. 33 touchdowns, offense returns a bunch. Um, I'm just not sure the defense will be able to you know stymie Clemson at all. But I think the home crowd, knowing the offense is competent. You know, they could keep it competitive in the second half or even potentially get a backdoor cover. All right. Uh, so there's there's a lot of there's not a, a lot of marquee games in week one, but we wanted to hit some more. So uh, let's talk about some, I guess, kind of intriguing players or storylines that, that we're looking out for this weekend. I'll, I'll start us out with, well, what's more interesting than the Iowa offense? Uh, <laughs> oh, but I, man. I'm actually looking forward to it because, well, Cade McNamara. Yeah is is questionable so we don't know if he'll play but if he he's does been that really really coy and, and like cryptic yeah. about like <laughs> how he's feeling yeah so so we'll see there but either way they got some solid transfers in the receiving core tight end and really what i'm looking for is the pace like no matter who the quarterback yeah. is i no. want to see the pace because of course brian ferentz needs to get that what is it 25 points per game 25 yeah in order to to have his contract renewed and you're going up against utah state uh you know not a good defense this is where you want to rack up some points and give yourself a buffer yeah, he, for when you're playing i always got to get 40 in this season. one yeah like if you're if if you don't get 25 in this one like oh yeah ooh, behind the eight ball <laughs> yeah. yeah so you're yeah i would i would agree your goal is like is at least 35 and yeah and you're, you're trying to trying to get in the 40s but yeah, uh gives you two points extra per game this or is such a cool storyline this year <laughs> yeah everybody's like, gonna be doing a guy was every week yeah yeah, it's, I don't can't recall this ever happening like that specific. It's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, and there's a couple, but I'm gonna say Texas A&M's offense. Uh, I know they're playing New Mexico, but still, even against lackluster uh, defenses last year, A&M's offense wasn't really thriving. So, but Bobby Vitrino, the new offensive coordinator, is coming in. He's obviously a very proven offensive guy. I think he's gonna do well. Get Connor Wigman. Uh, playing, you know, at kind of a really high level at the quarterback position. I think they have some, some pretty darn good talent overall on the offense. The line should be okay. Oh, yeah. Good receivers, good tight end. So I don't know. I see that offense being pretty good, and I'm hoping it starts in game one against New Mexico, and they put up a bunch of points. And we're like, all right, you know, A and M's got a shot. All right, yeah. Similar story for my first one is uh, Miami, the U, and and Tyler Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he supposedly had a thumb injury, but saying he's ready to roll. Uh, I just want to see if he can start to show what he did a couple of years ago. Uh, the train wreck last year, year one with Cristobal, um, might, some of that might have been related to the, their offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, that, that just did not work. Uh, so they, they play Miami, Ohio on Friday night. And, and Miami, Ohio has Brett Gabbert, uh, who's similar. He had a couple of years ago, he was lights out, uh, battled injury last year, not so great. But So if the Canes are improved, 
they need to put on a good show against the other Miami. A tough game. Find out the the real Miami. Yeah, the I real mean, Miami yeah. Is. Miami Ohio is supposed to be pretty solid. Um, okay, I'm looking forward to another quarterback, Drew Aller, uh, quarterback for Penn State. They're playing West Virginia, and you know it's West Virginia is not supposed to have a very good defense, but it's it's not terrible, right? It's not like yeah, they're playing an FCS Big Twelve team. or something. Like, yeah, it's a Big Twelve team, and so I want to see if if Drew Aller looks like a five-star quarterback we saw him of course a decent amount last year but now he's got the whole offseason where yeah. he's been the guy he's going to get the start of course and and play a ton of snaps so i am 100 we'll percent going to overreact to whatever he does if it's yeah. like really good i'm going to say they're going to win the big 10 if if he's bad i'm like well yeah they're done yeah i mean if, if he's if he's legit because we like we've talked about in the preview season the rest of the roster is is really good Stacked. so it's if, yeah. if quarterback is 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 very good, then they're yeah they're a playoff contender. So we'll see for sure. Yeah. Uh. Yep. All right. Cool. Um. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh DJU DJ Uyugalale yeah. starting at quarterback for the Beavers. Uh, they play at San Jose State um, on Sunday. Um, his point spread is about 16. So you know that could be an interesting game. Obviously, we saw San Jose move the ball pretty well against USC. So maybe they could do the same against the Beavers and make that game interesting, but it's more just about how is DJU going to look? Um, is it, was his struggles at Clemson, you know, him or was it the coaching and players around him? So with, with the Beavers, you know, Jonathan Smith, the head coach is, he's going to, they should have a really good running game and, you know, play complimentary football. So maybe DJU will look, will look better. Yep. And if the defense looks good against Cordero, then, I'm buying the Beavers. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll say the Wisconsin offense. They're playing. I know they're just playing Buffalo, um, but the Badgers, you know, they'll outman them. But I'm curious to see what the overhaul on offense looks like. You know, will the offensive line have any troubles with the new scheme? Will Tanner Mordecai just light it up? Or maybe in this game, are they going to be more vanilla and just kind of run it more with Braylon Allen and and just save it for for future? But I'm curious to watch Wazoo. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, finish this episode for the first time this season with a questionable finish. All right, the biggest Heisman liability at Caesar Sportsbook is Shadur Sanders of Colorado. What odds would you need to place a bet on him to win the Heisman? What are the odds on him? Do you even know? That's a good question. I, don't I, saw, I saw one was like 125 to one right now. Yeah, that's not going to do it for me. I'm going to need more no. than that. But it's uh, very bold. I'd say double that. If you give me 250 to one, I still probably wouldn't do it. I'd say 500 to one. <laughs> All right. See, I went crazy. Well, I don't know if I went crazy. here. I went like 3,000 to one. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you're like, I can lay a buck I, and I'll maybe have 500. Yeah. To me, that sounds like, okay, I'll throw out okay. a dollar. Maybe I'm underrating the, the sort of tail event here. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Colorado alone, they've got to win at least six games. And even that, I mean, probably oh. more like eight or nine if he's going to yeah. win the Heisman. Yeah. And he's got to have put up insane stats. Like, I don't know, it just seems really, yeah. really unlikely. Especially against <laughs> all those other Pac-12 court. And that is not happening this year. Uh, Max Duggan. Max Duggan. He was kind of close. Kind of. Well, but that I but wouldn't like, have. That wouldn't have been three thousand to one for me. No, Max Duggan. Yeah. They were going to be a good offense. They were going to be a pretty good team. Uh, yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Trey, you can give a number. We need. We need a number. Oh, what, uh, yeah. 
I mean, a thousand was what jumped into my head, but okay. probably. All right, thousand one. All right. Whatever. We'll, we'll go with Trace. Trace answers in the middle. There you go. Uh, last chance for uh, to make some season picks here. Give one very bold prediction for the season. Okay. This is all about one team. Texas is back. They're going to beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. They're going to win nice. the Big 12. Quinn Ewers is going to be in New York. Not saying he'll win the Heisman, but he'll be in New York. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. I'm uh, I'm going to go back to Louisville. Uh, I didn't make this prediction in our ACC episode because I wasn't asked to make a bold prediction. But I'll say that LSU, or LSU, Louisville, if LSU were to win the ACC, now that would be yeah. nice. I'll say Louisville wins the ACC. Um, I think, you know, Ooh, Jeff Brom's inheriting spicy. a decent team. He, uh, so he's going to, like the defense, like you said, he, the defense was solid last year. I think they can be that again. He can improve the offense with his coaching. And then the biggest thing is that their schedule sets up extremely well in conference play, avoiding, yeah. uh, I think, Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina. So maybe they got a chance to get there. I, I'm with you. If you get there, that's half the battle, man. Gives you a shot. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go with Illinois. I'm, I'm I'm picking them to win the West in the Big Ten. Okay. Um, keep underestimating them to your own avail. And um, <laughs> I'm gonna say Brett Bielema wins Big Ten Coach of the Year. That okay. would make sense. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last question. We got to pick an upset special. You got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm going to take Toledo to win outright as a nine and a half point dog against your Illinois fighting Illini, Ryan. <laughs> oh, boy, uh, that Toledo, would be a rough you know, start for me. Yeah, it wouldn't be. But hey, last I, year, Illinois lost to... I uh, was, or did they lose? They, oh, yeah, they lost. They, they got did. They lost to... What did they do week one? I feel like they... Did they, I forget, they lost to a bad team or almost did, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I know. You look that up right now. Yeah. Um, but was it Indiana? They lost to Indiana maybe week one. Maybe it might have been. All right, you're looking at uh, anyway. Week two, week two. All right, close enough. Yeah. What they do week one? They beat Wyoming thirty-eight to six. Well, all right, that's Wyoming. Anyway, Toledo's <laughs> the defending MAC champ, twenty-second in the nation in returning production. DeQuan Finn at quarterback's a good dual threat, so maybe he could give he could kind of you know give some trouble to that really good Illinois defensive line. Um, so yeah. And we still don't know if Luke Altmaier is any good at quarterback. He could be, but we'll see. And Finn almost won at Notre Dame a couple years ago. There you go, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Boise State getting 14 at Washington. Ryan, you you laid it out nice earlier. Uh, Taylor Green, he's got some lofty expectations, broke out last year. Washington been getting a ton of buzz and hype. But like you said, the defense isn't fully proven. Boise may be looking like the, the, the Boise of old. So tough first game for the Huskies, too. So. I'll take Boise. Yeah. I like it. I like that one. Um, I'm going to take Northern Illinois, the Huskies. They're getting eight and a half at Boston College. I'm just not expecting a whole lot from Boston College this year, man. Don't expect them, the Jeff Halfley, to have a good year. Um, and Northern Illinois got arguably, I think, the oldest quarterback in uh, <laughs> college football, Rocky Lombardi. He's been, been around playing, forever. Been there since about Kirk Cousins at uh, Michigan State time. So not, not quite that long, but a while. So, yeah, Northern Illinois. All right, there you have it. Thank you for checking out this episode of the College Football Bros. Again, uh, in the description below, be sure to join our Pick'em League on ESPN. And of course, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. We would really appreciate that. Uh, That'll do it for this episode, and we will see you after week one. Enjoy.